Welcome to this special bonus episode of CBO Speaks. We've been asking each of our interviewees to sum up their thoughts in less than a minute on various topics that are top of mind for our listeners right now. We've collected their responses to share with you in these mini topical episodes. And today we're hearing from business officers about the economic model. When higher education leaders envision the future of their institution, they're challenged to think about the ideal financial or economic model that will support their mission, which can often mean shifting and growing in new directions. Our CBO shared some ways they've been grappling with this complex topic on their campuses. Economic model has to be forged with compacts and a shared understanding with our stakeholders. So, you know, we can develop models that pencil out, but without a shared understanding, um, those models may not survive. Um, So if we look at the shift in cost sharing between students and families and public funds, it raises the question of whether higher education is a private or public good. Higher education's economic model has been under duress for decades. Uh, The public perception shift that sees higher education as a private good that principally benefits the individuals has led to declining state support, higher tuition, increased reliance on loans, and overall decreased affordability. Higher education needs to be recognized as a public and social benefit that increases economic productivity, decreases crime, and increases tax revenues, among the many other benefits. The economic model is something we all need to address. Um, we work in an, in an industry that, because it has a, a great deal of people in it and you can't automate away personal relationships, our cost inflation is often higher than what people are willing to pay or your income growth year to year. So we need to look at our economic model and see what we can do to either change how we operate or find operations that we're no longer willing to support because the inflation on core functions just increases more than revenue growth. The economic model of higher education is is and has been for some period of time now under a lot of scrutiny. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's lots of data out there to talk about whether or not higher education, the cost of higher education has increased too fast. But there's also lots of data out there that talks about the fact that higher education and the cost of it is still worth it. Uh, I think that we've got to be looking at um, our economic model, especially in the private universities arena, to figure out where that discount rate creates a tipping point. Things like um, uh, price resets are becoming more and more common, and you don't certainly want to be on the tail end of those. You need to be strategic and think about when it makes sense for you. You know, we know that our financial economic model is under stress in higher education from changing student demographics. We've all been aware of the enrollment cliff that would come to us in 2025, and unfortunately, COVID has moved that up. Our institutions of higher education can't be everything to everyone. We need to make conscious decisions about our mission and the strengths so that we can plan financial, people, and time resources to support what we truly see our role in the world. Difficult decisions on cost containment must be made. Um, has to be nimble 
and quick um, to action to serve the needs of the rapidly changing uh, needs of the society and the industry. So the economic model is always important. Higher education leaders have been grappling with effective economic models probably since universities first began, or at least since economics as a science began. At heart, it's a study of the financial constructs of an institution and its four basic financial components, its sources of support, its expenditures, its assets, and its liabilities. When we think about the future of higher education, we are challenged to identify the ideal financial or economic model to support our missions. How do we build in the right incentives to increase our revenue? What are the mechanisms that will control our costs but still allow us to operate effectively? One of the advantages of being part of a higher education professional organization is that we're willing as a group to share our best practices so we can learn from each other about what works. I think there's data that we need to take a different view of it. We need to think, what does the data tell us? Not traditionally, what do we use the data for? But how can we analyze that information and put it together so that we can explain to others why the the economic model is changing, why do we need to take a different approach to business, why we need to take a different way of supporting the higher education enterprise. I think analytics can help us, but we can't just have a traditional look at, oh, what does the data say? What's the bottom line? It's what's underlying in there. analytics will help us understand. The economic model is looking very different for many of us and and enrollment is a big driver in all of this. And whether we have face-to-face courses, whether we have virtual courses, the economic model, and I know it has impacted many um, higher education institutions. And fortunately for Fresno State, we actually had our highest enrollment ever um, this fall. And we are so fortunate that our, our students, uh, many of whom um, are, are from the Central Valley, have decided to, to stay and, and continue and, and get their education here at Fresno State. And I know we are fortunate that that's not the situation across the country. And so I think the economic model is, is definitely changing for all of us. And it's going to be changing for a while. We're, we're going to be in this economic challenge for a few years, especially uh, in California. And we need to brace for that and we need to plan for that. We're having to make some very difficult decisions uh, because of the economic impacts. And these are not easy decisions. And 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 it's not decisions that we, we want to have to make. But at the same time, it is our job to... Um, look at the economics and to ensure that we can ensure that our university's fiscal health is stable into the future with all of these impacts. The economic model for higher ed is definitely challenged. We have a finite finite number of revenue sources. We only have an opportunity a couple of times a year to, to shift even anything we do in terms of uh, revenues or expenses with our semester sort of system. It's a labor intensive sector. It also relies on technology. So all of those pieces are are expensive. Um, Given those demographics, which suggests we'll be increasingly challenged to enroll the number of students that we've become accustomed to, um, particularly in the Midwest and in the Northeast, 
The economic model for uh, higher ed is going to be increasingly challenged, as we know. Um, we're just going to need to um, think about leveraging underutilized assets so we can diversify revenue sources, um, leverage technology to the greatest extent. Our students expect that. And then just continue to uh, find ways to operate in an uh, inefficient uh, manner on the cost side. Being a small institution that is uh, highly dependent on, the, on tuition and students with a small endowment, we're all about this. So this is, a, this is an item that I'm coming up with an answer for our institution. What is the long-term sustainable financial model that we need to be looking at to meet our mission? So the kinds of questions to answer there are, what are the financial components to assess and sensitize in modeling to achieve that equilibrium. What is, as part of that, what is the net price, tuition and fees, less discounts, strategy, what is the net price strategy and realistic enrollment goals, particularly given the demographics of less students in the market? How can endowments grow to play a key supporting role? And. What are the auxiliary initiatives that are possible to support additional areas of revenue generation? To me, those are, you know, what is the model that is sustainable? How do I back into that? And what are the key assumptions to use? And how do these various concepts play into that? Today, we heard from Laura Hubbard, David B., David English, Aaron Howell, Leslie Brunelli, Susan Allen, Teresa Constantinidis, Robert Moore, Debbie Edition Astone, Susan Scroggins, and Craig Hadley. You can find full episodes of CBO Speaks from all of these CBOs by visiting nakubo.org under Professional Development, then click Podcasts, or by subscribing to CBO Speaks in Apple Podcasts to get the latest episodes instantly. 